Hey there, friends. Flood here. We'll be touching on some sensitive topics tonight, so I just wanted to share that if you, or someone you know, is having thoughts of harming themselves or others, please dial 988 to get help. Take care of yourselves. And take care of each other. XV Planis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. October 7th, 1955, 3pm. Milas Frank Edwards returns home from work, and in 30 minutes, he will be dead. A tall, slim man in his early 70s, Milas carried the weight of the working class at a time when the local economy was falling apart. The struggle to provide for his relatively large family had grown more and more challenging in recent years. This particular day, he returned home and, shortly after, got into a heated argument with his wife about finances. Now, Milas was a sad and angry man, but never physically harmed anyone when he lost control. Instead, as his son Aubrey would say, he would threaten his own life. At this point, Aubrey and the rest of his six children would often roll their eyes and laugh it off, as the patriarch would leave to go for a walk, and upon his return would usually be in better spirits, often taking to his fiddle to ease and entertain his family. Today, however, was different. As the argument reached its boiling point, Milas shut down and stopped speaking. He swiftly turned about face and walked with a heavy pace of purpose and intent down the hallway, out the front door, straight to his shed across the property. Now, during this time in America, it was not uncommon for civilians to keep explosives on property. Milas kept a case of dynamite on hand, for personal and professional reasons. With a steady hand and eyes full of determination, he removed a stick of dynamite from the box, and then proceeded to climb into the bed of his truck, where he laid down on his back, lit the stick of dynamite, and placed it under his head like a pillow. Milas Edwards' family was plagued by depression and suicide. Eight out of nine men in his family died by their own hands. What shadows were following them? Was it hereditary? Or was it something else? What we do know, or at least what we feel, is that Milas left a mark much deeper than a forgotten newspaper clipping and a scar on the earth. Join us tonight to see how deep this hole really goes. Welcome to XP Planets. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planets, the podcast where we don't just talk about the paranormal, we put boots on the ground and pursue it in the field. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very excited to be back here on the mic and dive further into the unknown, the enigmatic, and the just plain weird with you all. Tonight, we are going to re-examine the first paranormal investigation we ever went on. In November of 2020, I led a group of seven people to a remote location in the back roads of North Carolina, just outside of Rural Hall. If this sounds somewhat familiar to my longtime listeners, you'd be correct in assuming that we have discussed this before. When XV Planets premiered in April of 2021, this was the first location we had ever covered. Many of those first ten episodes are now lost to time for reasons that I won't get into here, but this particular incident laid the groundwork for everything that has come to pass. 
So this year, as I departed North Carolina to move back to the steamy swamplands from which I came, I found myself thinking about this personally monumental event quite a bit. We're going to revisit that here in just a few minutes, but first I have a little house cleaning and some updates to share. First and foremost, if you listen to the last episode with my guests Jill and Roger, you know that the Kickstarter campaign for their new app, the ER70 EVP Recorder, is almost out of time. As this episode airs, I believe there is approximately one week left to pledge, and I highly encourage you all to do so, especially if you are a fellow investigator. I have been lucky enough to use this app in the field for the last month, and the results are phenomenal. I'll be sharing some of what I've captured over on the Patreon feed later this week, and you'll hear some of it on the main feed in the upcoming months as well. Once again, please consider donating to this campaign if the technology fascinates you as much as it does me. I will once again attach links in the show notes for interested parties, and do us all a favor, if you do find this as fascinating as I do, please get the word out because time is running out. Next up, while I can't necessarily divulge specifics at the moment... It would appear that your ghostly host has the opportunity to be a resident paranormal investigator for a special location somewhere in the Deep South. The opportunity to have unlimited access to a known haunted location has long been a dream of mine ever since I started this project, and it looks like the pieces are falling into place. I gotta tell you, the wave of synchronicities that have come crashing into my world over the last several months have been, in a word, astonishing. I'll have a lot more to say about this as the story unfolds, but I can barely contain my excitement and I wanted to share this little teaser with you all, especially since this is my first step of many that I have planned for a much larger project in mind. Now the last little bit that I have to share with you, well, it's kind of a group project, and I want to get all of you involved in it, if this speaks to you. I'm going to be running a few experiments over the next few months, and the first one I need to start with is a collective divination experiment. Whether it's tarot, astrology, bibliomancy, whatever method you choose, all are welcome to join in on this little concept. And here's what you need to do. Do two forecast readings. These are not meant to be done with a specific goal in mind, but an overall forecast of what to expect over the next six to nine months. The first reading should be a forecast for the whole world, for humanity, if you will. The second reading should be a general forecast for you and you alone. Now, once you have done those, I want you to take a look at the forecasts side by side and see if you can find any correlation between the two readings. Are there any points in the separate divination forecasts that seem to line up? If so, make note of when these correlations are supposedly going to occur, as well as any other information that you may gather about what the crossover could be. Do you see any significant events on the way that appear on both readings? If you do, send the results to xvplanus at gmail.com and put divination in the headline. This data will be kept confidential and will be used for research in an ongoing study of consciousness. The reasoning for this and the results will be shared after I have collected and reviewed around 150 submissions. Okay, I think that's about it for updates and house cleaning, so let's shift our focus to where it all began for XV Planus, North Carolina. Often jokingly referred to as the California of the East Coast, the Tar Heel State is a very, very strange place. With its deeply conservative rural roots and contrasting metropolitan areas that attract the harbingers of progressive cultural, social, technological, and economic change, it seems to be a part of the country suffering from a bit of an identity crisis at times. But if you look beyond the bright lights of its ever-growing development and through the shadows of its past 
you'll find that the 12th state founded in America holds some of the oldest roots of the weird, harboring some of the darkest tales ever recorded in this country's brief history. Birthplace of the American mystery, as far as I'm concerned. From the Outer Banks and the ill-fated first colony, Roanoke, where an estimated 115 colonists who were waiting for a supply ship to return from England mysteriously vanished without a trace, to one of the country's first reported unidentified anomalous phenomena, the mysterious Brown Mountain Lights, which, to this day, have yet to be solved, North Carolina overflows with high strangeness. A hill that supposedly pulls you up it, defying gravity and physics. A circular worn path in the dirt, rumored to be a place where the devil himself walks in circles at night, plotting against mankind. John Bell's story of Tennessee's fabled tellings of the Bell Witch began in North Carolina. John was born in the Tar Heel State, and the tale tells of troubles in his home state long before they left for Tennessee. There's even a dilapidated Land of Oz theme park. And then there are the ghosts. The ominous glow of a waving lantern carried by the spirit of a decapitated railway worker, warning incoming trains as he searches for his missing head. A hotel housing the prankster spirit of a physician from 1950 that knocks on guest doors and then runs away or vanishes if you open the door quickly enough to catch a glimpse of him grinning at you. A haunted lighthouse with a phantom cat. Some of these stories withstood the test of time. Some got lost on the roads less traveled as this country grew and developed, often leaving planned projects behind as better concepts emerged. One such location that was lost to obscurity would most certainly be Edwards Road, near Rural Hall, North Carolina. Often mistakenly referred to as Payne Road, as Edwards Road turns into Payne Road if you travel its full distance, we came to find that maybe the slip of the name might mean a little bit more than just a misunderstanding of the back roads of Rural Hall for this road truly does have a history of pain. Like many small towns that faded into obscurity, Rural Hall, and in particular Edwards Road, was in prime location to be a crossroads as early America began. Though as time went on and the country grew more rapidly, the government expanded the infrastructure and put focus into developing a more sophisticated method of mass transportation. Changes and expansions in the development of railroads and paved roadways for automobiles often redirected the older routes, leaving their underdeveloped road alienated from the budding modern age of travel. And that's where we begin. A small slice of rural America gone horribly awry. The people it consumed, and the remnants of them left behind. We're going to talk about Rural Hall's history and our exploration of it right after this brief message from our friends over at the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Hey there, Luxa here, host of Lux Cult, a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages, and also discuss a variety of occult topics. Exploring the intersection of science, magic, art, and philosophy through the lens of chaos, it's occultism for everyone. Luxa Cult features interviews with badass authors, artists, and magicians of all walks and experience levels, as well as audiomantic nonsense, cut-up poetry, bibliomancy breaks, and so much more. Don't miss the special two-part episode where Dave and I talk about his path of druidry and go into some of the botany of the plants represented by the Oum alphabet. Also, hear Dave read a guided meditation for the Green Mushroom Project, which is a large-scale group working focused on building connection and regaining ground that you can be a part of. 
You can hear Lexicall on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in and join us for the ride. Now, about Edwards Road. Established in the late 1800s, Rural Hall seemed destined to be a tale of success. When the Cape Fear and Yadkin Railroad established a station, the town developed quickly and it became a focal point for trade and transport. By the early 1900s, it was still building momentum. However, the progress of change was slowly catching up to this small North Carolinian town. By 1908, the Model T Ford had become accessible to the masses, and everything changed. As more highways were laid, the once budding town received less traffic, and its growth slowed almost to a stop. While it still held sway as an industrial railway town, new settlers came less often. The growing infrastructure of transportation dealt a blow not only to the economy in the area, but the pursuit of expanding its borders as well. Many projects that the township had planned eventually fell apart. One such casualty in this downfall is the famed Edwards Road, known to some as Payne Road. This small stretch of winding road had a promising future at one time. It was home to several tobacco plantations, churches, houses, a post office, even its own general store. The flow of settlers became influenced by the railway system, but as the years went by, its idyllic location became weathered and forgotten. And it's on this forgotten winding road that the ghosts still ring. Now, there's a lot of lore and legend that's speculated when it comes to Edwards Road, so it's important to take a lot of it with a grain of salt unless you can find the paper trail to corroborate the claims stated by local folklore passed down through generations. One such tale is that of the Payne family's plantation. The Payne family had four daughters, and allegedly, the father of the family came to find out that his eldest daughter was pregnant by one of his servants. This supposedly caused him to denounce God and begin praising Satan. Hail Satan! Which ended in a ritual sacrifice of the slave. Months later, Payne discovered that now his youngest daughter was pregnant as well, also by one of his servants. This sends Payne into a frenzy, as the tale goes, and he stalks from cabin to cabin, slaughtering everyone in sight from workers to friends to farm animals as he makes his way to the main house, turning his rage on his family, killing them all, before finally setting fire to his own plantation and burning alive with it. A fascinating and horrific story, but from what I can tell you, it's mere local folktale. Then there's a tale of the driver of a 1933 Ford three-window hot rod who took the final sharp curve of Edwards Road and crashed, setting his car on fire. Legend goes that bystanders watched him burn alive a very slow and painful death unable to reach him through the wreckage and flames. And supposedly, you can still see his headlights speeding around that very corner late at night. This one might have a shred of truth behind it. It is a mystery we are still unraveling, but it will come back into play a little bit later in this episode. Now, it is important to note yet again that these are all more rural legends than fact. Many of these stories we have not been able to verify, which doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't happen, we just haven't been able to find the proof of them. There are some, though, that can be verified. One of which would be the Oak Grove Methodist Church Cemetery. 
In the height of the 80s satanic panic, a group of unruly teenagers burned down one of the buildings on the church property after a night of destruction, which was also rumored to be the site of an undocumented assault and murder. The cemetery is well known among local paranormal investigators to be a place that's high in activity and often produces impressive EVPs and sightings of ghostly orbs moving through the piles of headstones. Then, you have what we are here for tonight. The Edwards Family Site, or at the very least what remains of it. The Edwards Family Home now consists of two dilapidated chimneys in the woods just beyond the boundaries of Edwards Road on one side and a debris field on the other side of the road. The debris field is what remains of Milas Shed after taking his own life in such an explosive manner, and what looks like a crater in the ground next to it. What we shared in the intro about the Edwards family is about all the history that can be found about them, and it is in this very crater that we set up for our very first paranormal investigation. Using an EMF meter, a spirit box, and a voice recorder, we set ourselves up to attempt an Estes session at the site of Milas's death. And at this point, I would like to welcome Sonny back to the show to review this first experiment. Sonny, welcome back to the Black Lodge. Always a pleasure to have you back. Always my pleasure. (laughs) So... About, what was it, but two, two and a half years ago now, uh, you and I went out on our very, very first uh, paranormal investigation. Correct. Yeah. Now, we touched on this whenever I first kicked off this show many moons ago, but uh, some mix-ups happened, and uh, I thought it was about time that we come back to revisit Edwards Road, our very first investigation, uh, especially, in fact, because as we are recording this bit, I am literally in the middle of packing up the studio and getting out of here. So I thought it was important that we, we touch back on what started this whole hoopla, right? Right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the state of things with this. So my former partner for the podcast, we kind of picked out Edwards Road because uh, we stumbled across North Carolinian folklore, and it's one that we had never heard of before, that none of us had heard of. We started looking into it, and it turns out that the whole stretch of Edwards Road seemed to be chock full of uh, unhappy times, <laughs> for, the, for the most part. So uh, we decided that we were going to actually go out there and uh, give an Estes session a shot, and I can say that that was pretty damn successful. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least, yeah. Before we go barreling into the, the EVPs and the audio that we got from this, which we're going to review and share with anybody, I want, what's your first opinion of the whole thing? In one word, it was a riot. Um, it was just super active, and it was kind of cool because we were out in the middle of the woods, too. Like, it's not like going into this established building. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, things did happen in some of the buildings around there, but where we set up was just in the middle of the woods, literally sitting on camp chairs. Technically speaking, we we actually, we set up shop right next to where Milas Edwards played uh, Pillow with a Dynamite. Right. That's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be sure to add uh, photos of this on, on the show notes whenever this episode comes out, but... Yeah, the the shack that Milos Edwards had his uh, blast of a final few minutes, pun definitely intended. (laughs) Um, We ended up setting up shop there, and then right across the street from that were the remnants of his old house, 
which all that's left now are just the two chimneys and a couple of piles of bricks. But Yeah, we had to go walking around a little bit to find them. Yeah, yeah, it was a little tough to track down. And then, of course, right down the road from that, apparently, is the Crybaby Bridge, mm-hmm. which we didn't get anything off of, unfortunately. I keep going to Crybaby Bridges hoping for something. Nothing. Not a no. one. No. I, I want it. I, I want the freaky handprints all over the car. <laughs> yeah. Really, deep down inside, I'm just hoping that one of these days I end up coming across a black-eyed kid. Uh, it's, yeah, I could imagine that happening. Or you'll just become one. Because I'm not going to run. I'm going to be like, oh, no, 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 you come here, you little demon. <laughs> Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so we chose this location, which was uh, where Milas blew himself up, and we decided that was going to be our, our go-to spot for that night. And we, I mean, obviously, we're going to go check out the cemetery a little bit later, but that place in particular, since it was a little off the beaten path, we figured we'd get that sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I don't think we actually established a place to set up without just, like, we just kind of felt it out. Like, we didn't know where we were going to set up preemptively. Oh, I, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, I knew I was looking for that specific spot. Okay. Um, it just took us a while to actually find it. And once I, you know, once we found the destroyed shack and then we then pinpointed we knew. Yeah. it across the street from the chimneys, I'm like, boom, here we are. Got it. So we... uh we get situated, and there was, well, there was one, two, three, four, six of us that night, right? Yes. Well. Seven. Let me count. Yeah, yeah seven. Head. Yeah. And one dog. And one Cora. Yes. One Cora. We ended up getting set up there, and the the first thing that we wanted to try is what kind of started us on this whole path was an attempt at the Estes session. Now, at this point, any of you listening to the show, you know what an Estes session is. Just go look up Jay Connor Randall and uh, Carl Pfeiffer, Michelle Tate. Look up the process and and that'll explain it for you. But since it's such a, a simple process, we were like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. So we get ourselves set up there and um, set up the recorder, plug in the headphones, plug into the spirit box. And I took what, maybe about 20 minutes for something to start rolling around? If that. Was it faster than that? I feel like it was. wouldn't be surprised. Now, granted, at this time, like you were taking, okay, so if you take the time to sink into it, if you account for that time, Mm -hmm. then sure, it might have been 20 minutes. But we didn't start asking questions until you said like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think it kicked off with a nice to see you bit. Yeah, it did. So we get this session going and um, some, somewhere down the line, I'm going to release the full uncut version of this ESTA session, probably over on the Patreon for everybody to hear, for those of you who are very interested. Uh, to let you know what's going on here, there is little to no alteration done to any of the audio, with the exception of a few small parts that I bump the volume up so that you can hear some of the stuff in the background. And um, this is kind of broken up so that we can uh, tackle the most impressive pieces that we got throughout this entire experience. So the first one that we had is nothing too spectacular, but it still kind of set the tone for what was going to be coming down the road next. Now, at a first listen, I would have passed that off as either audio distortion or somebody breathing into the mic or something like that. But it was—it sounds way too far off in the distance. And yeah, you're sounds, talking about like that background whistling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now, we didn't hear anything out that uh, like that with our, our naked ears. No, uh, and it wasn't windy by any means. No, that was the other thing. It was a very, very still night. It was pretty still, still night, night. Yeah. yeah. So that one just stood out to me, uh, mainly because I can't, it, I can't think of a single explanation for what it was. Right. That, just, that one just escapes me. But as we move a little bit further down the line, we start to get a little bit of a back and forth uh, between the operator and myself, who I was acting as a receiver for this one. Um, so first question, who is here with us? There's anyone here? Nice to see you. So the first response you get out of a question is me saying, nice to see you. At our first time doing this. At our first time doing this, yeah. Okay, this this next one is one of my personal favorites. Because uh, we have this one guy in this group <laughs> who just would not... Shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> very talkative individual. This one cracks me up because the entire time that we've been setting up and trying to sink into it, this guy is just constantly talking. And he's talking about anything and every. I think he was talking about football at one That's point. That's what I heard. Yeah. And so right around that time is when we get this little gym. Too many words. Is Edward Payne here? Payne's. Stop the confusion. Okay, that that one interests me for a few reasons. But first and foremost, let's scale that back. Like, how perfect was that? Talking about football, and I was like, just too many words. Too many words. Too many words. <laughs> shush. And it w- was it, was that you or the other one who? T- <laughs> I think that was me that said. <laughs> God, you're on the ball. <laughs> Enough. <of that>. Enough. <laughs> so the uh, the other part of that one that stands out to me is. Uh, when the operator asked, is uh, is Edward Payne here? Now, here's the thing. During the time that we went down there, we were getting our names mixed up. Milas Edwards is the name of the guy who hurt himself. But Edward Payne kept on showing up through decades and decades of confusion amongst other authors and writers. So things just got confused. Just as much as Payne Road is not Payne Road. It's Edwards Road. You know? Okay, but why would it correct you to Payne's, uh, like, plural that one, I am not sure about. However, the fact that it follows up with um, Stop the Confusion right. stands out to me a lot. And to me, that was a direct line of Stop Confusing Me with Somebody Else. That's how I took it, too. But yeah. I found it was interesting that it was changed to plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't really know. But it is very odd that I, I responded immediately with that. Like, there yeah. was hardly any delay to that whatsoever. Now, this next one that comes up, uh, it's not too crazy or special to most people, but it is for me, because at the time that this happened, uh, your dear old Flood was dabbling with a considerable amount of occult practices, and that's when we get this. Grimoire. (laughs) 
I mean, it made sense to me, hence the chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, that, that one came out of the blue, because even if you're scanning through um, like all of those radio stations and using the Estes session, what are the chances you're going to hear somebody on, on country, like backwoods radios talking about Grimoire? Grimoire, right. Yeah, I don't, I'm not so sure about that. This next one I'm going to play back two times. This I, I find to be just utterly fascinating. Um, I would like to express yet again that we were out in the middle of nowhere on soft, somewhat somewhat muddy ground. Yeah, it was absolutely muddy. Yeah. So there's no reason that you should be hearing hard footsteps. Goosebumps. I think that's the one that gets me the most out of all of them. Yeah, there is there is nothing out there that should have made that sound. We were all incredibly quiet, and like I said, we're all in like pop up camp chairs. Not like there's no there's no hard heavy objects to even make that noise. And that really did sound like it. It, it sounded like foot on wood, uh, or at least those first two, and then all of a sudden you get this big slam. Yeah, and then it's followed up by a second one. I don't know what to make of that one, but I have no rhyme or reason for how it happened. No, absolutely not. So I want to say it was around this time that the conversation started to pick up a little bit. And it's important to note that like the, the whole back and forth with this, it just kept like building momentum as, as we kept going on. It started off really, really slow, pretty mellow. And then all of a sudden, it just starts kicking up. Did you pass away here? If so, how did you pass? Mostly. Like one, two. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Oh, wow. Point one eight. Homestead. Like two two. Fly. Under attack. Trademark. Whispers. Discount that. I couldn't pick it up. Revel. And those numbers that are happening is what I'm reading off of the EMF to mm -hmm. make that clear. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll 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 hear it go off considerably. <laughs> considerably larger uh, numbers here in just a little bit. <laughs> Even at this point, like there's, there's only a little bit of a back and forth going on, not too much of a narrative being developed just yet, but I'm picking up the pace with the amount that I'm responding and talking and it just slowly starts to snowball. Now the next two that I got here kind of go back into that first sample that we played with, which is just um, unexplainable background noise. This one in particular really stands out to me because of the story of the hot rod. The, the guy was riding the right. three-wheel hot rod and apparently... Around that curve. Crashed right around that curve. 
And uh, if I remember correctly, because I asked everybody about this afterwards, like, how many times do we have cars drive by? Maybe once? Yeah. Yeah. It was minimal. Yeah. There was hardly any traffic. I mean, it was late at night at a pretty desolate road, I would say. Right. Right. So when I go back and I, I listen to the recording, I find this little gem, which I still can't explain, but it points to the, to the hot rod to me. And to me, that sounds like an, a, a heavy engine rum off in the distance. That's what I was going to say, because even if a car did pass by, it's not going to sound like that. Mm -mm. It's not that kind of engine. Yeah, this uh, this definitely had like the rumble of a muscle car. Behind right. It. And um, not too long after that, it shows back up again in a slightly different fashion. Yeah, you could really hear the roar of the engine in that one. Yeah. There's something else about that particular sample that, that bugs me a little bit. is because I know, like, there's a lot of digital artifacts going on in the background. But I swear I keep hearing another voice, like, right underneath it. So one of these days I'm going to have to pipe it through RX and see if I can clean it up and, and find out what that is. But it stands out to me. Okay, so after uh, after the hum, we continued with the line of questions, and here's where it starts to like banter back and forth a little bit. Uh, which this this one kind of cracked me up because it almost sounded annoyed. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, more questions. Great. It's good. Everything's golden. Stump. The bell curve. What happened in this area? More questions. Ooh. And that ooh was a chill going straight down my spine. <laughs> yeah, and you can take the more question or the questions answer different ways too, because it could be you're not asking the right questions. Because mm. that's that's kind of the feel I got. Like ask ask more questions, but ask the right questions. Maybe, I mean, quite possibly. I mean, there's there is no exact science with any of this. So of course I, not. <laughs> But I would say it's more along the lines of, of um, frustration because of what comes next. Fair. So this is where things really start to take a little bit of a darker turn. And, uh, you know, again, like we weren't expecting it as hell when we went out there. We weren't expecting any of this to happen, uh, let alone for it to happen as intensely as it did. And that brought us to... This is the first big one. Like, this is the one that 
Surprise. <laughs> Which may be the creepiest thing that I have ever said is, is in this segment. I felt really uncomfortable when this was coming through. What a... What a gun. Surprise. 0.68. Me. Me. Point nine zero. Because it's trying red because it's really high. I think it's past point six. One. You. Yesterday. We. Brought it in. In cages. Okay, we're going to listen to that again, uh, because this, this one still uh, blows my mind. And, and, and All right, so that beeping that you're hearing in the background, folks, that is the EMF meter that Sonny is holding this entire time. And the way that it perfectly lines up with first surprise, mm-hmm. and then and it starts me. going off, and then me. me. And on both times it says me, it just keeps going louder. And I got to tell you, folks... When I said me, oh God, I'm getting chills. Just I have these subs right now, too. <laughs> I did not feel good when I was saying that. It felt dark and heavy, and it just it, it gave me the creeping willies, as as we refer to it around here. What a what a gun. One three seven point four five. Surprise. 0.61. Me. Me. Point nine zero. Because it's trying red because it's really high. Past point six. You. Yesterday. We. Brought it in. In cages. So this... Go ahead. Surprise! It's me. Yeah, it's me. me. Yeah. Okay. So the the other really impressive part about this is this is the first time that we hear the moan. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to isolate that and play that back just so we can point out exactly what we're talking about here. And folks, for those of you listening at home, I didn't share them all here, but we heard this moan at least seven times throughout the course of the recording. Point nine zero. Because it's trying to 
I have no clue what in the hell that is, but it shows up way too many times to count. Okay, so at this point, things are starting to escalate a little bit. We've uh, we picked up our first official EVP there, that moan. Um, you know, not not counting the the rum, rumbles and the footsteps that we heard, but that was the first audible one that we caught, an actual voice. But it didn't stop there. Uh, from then on, the session kept gaining a little more traction and energy, and that led us into our next movement. If you're, can you can you make that? sensor go off again that was you let him think it higher 1.4 and you aren't pressing like you know it's I'm just, not doing anything yeah, just... maybe you should I think you should <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But that's that's brilliant. Can you make that sensor go off again? Let him think it. Beep, beep, beep. But then it says higher, and at that point, that was the highest reading that we had gotten. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find it pretty funny. That's that's impressive. <laughs> we got a witty ghost, too. Okay. We're or gonna... whatever it may be. So the next part of that continues on. And you aren't pressing, like, you know, it's I'm just, not doing anything. Yeah, just, Maybe you should. I think you should. Very deeply. What was that number? 1.4 was the highest we've caught in some point. We're back at zero. Just sometimes hold it there. <clears throat> And so on and so on. <laughs> I still think it's hilarious that Ren's like, are you pressing anything? Like, she was still so astonished that we were getting this. Like, no, I'm not pressing anything. <laughs> I'm just literally holding it here. Okay, so this uh, this next sample from the Estes session, uh, this is when our moan returns. Uh -huh. So this is the, the second time out of seven. I only isolated three of them for this particular episode. But I will uh, take the time to dissect the rest of the audio and get all of them posted for everyone to, I mean, please, if you got the time, take a whack at it, analyze it, you know? Do you remember what he said after I asked him? Look. I think you should. Just beyond. That was the way that one just lingers and stays there. I mean, it sounds like me when I wake up from a... a Late night, you know, but <laughs> actually, I don't think I sound that bad. But I'm going to listen to that one more time because it, um, I don't know, the, the way that it just kind of lingers, uh, kind of stands out to me, throws me for a loop a little bit. Do you remember what he said after I asked him? Look, I think you should. Just beyond. Right. Wild. Just, just crazy. But we're not done with the moans. We still got one more here. So this is the third sample that we managed to capture from this same session. And that one was paired with another rumble of a vehicle, too. All right. Hmm.
that's the fourth one. So I did, I did put more than three on here. I, this thing is driving me nuts. It has been over two years since we did this and I still, I can't get this thing out of my head. Every time I hear it, it just sticks. <laughs> Sounds young. That one does. The uh, the first and the second one sounded way older. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Okay, so our next one is just me chuckling, and I'll explain why this is important here in just a second. Over she cut. Okay, so that little chuckle right there is because we had a uh, a dog out there with us. And um, at that moment, I could have sworn that this same dog was standing right next to me. Now, bear in mind, I, I have blindfold on and I have noise-canceling headphones on. Can't see or hear anything. But you know how you can sense when something is near you? You know, like when somebody walks in the room, you don't even have to look. You just know somebody else is in the room. I felt something right next to me. And I felt, it felt like the air pressure change of a loud bark from a dog. And that's why I chuckled. And I think a few minutes after that, I was like, can y'all make sure to keep keep Cora quiet? Come to find out after I take the headphones off, she'd make a single peep the whole time. She was in the car. Yep. Oh, no, she wasn't in the car, was she? Yeah. They put her back in the, Isaac brought her back to the car. Huh. Okay. So that one, uh... Obviously stands out to me for numerous reasons. And the dog thing is actually going to come back around towards the end of this because there was a really interesting tidbit that one of the other team members shared about what that night was and why the dog barking was important. Interesting stuff. Before we get to that, here's kind of the grand finale of this whole thing. And this is uh, this, this sample is going to be a little bit longer. Uh, we're just going to let this one play out. It's about uh, three and a half minutes. But this essentially is the boiling point of the whole session uh things got really really intense by the end of this and we decided to shut it down you'll hear why some more thank you leave oh on out Breaking my head. Here, you, something. One point five. Wrong. Zero five four. One point three four. Did I skip? Warning. Spectre. <laughs> what was that? Underneath. 
Okay, we're gonna ask one more time. Are you, do you want us to leave? Are you uncomfortable with us being here? Leave. Yeah, let's go. Right now. <laughs> okay. Alright, that, that's like the fourth or fifth time that I've heard leave. <gasps> yeah. Do we like tap him? Yeah, yeah somebody tap him. Yeah. Alright, thank you for talking to us. We will go ahead and leave you alone. We're closing out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What did it, it's like, there was like that very southern way to say leave. Go but, on out. Thank you. Yeah. It was like, go on out. Yeah. Leave, leave now, go on out. Uh, warning, warning we got. That was another one. I can honestly say that by the end of that session, like, it was starting to physically affect me. Um, All of us, I feel like, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a dark and brooding vibe in that little explosive area. Um, Pun intended. God, man, that was just crazy. Yeah, at this point, we just all start packing up our gear. Mm-hmm. Right, but we did have, uh, um, as we were wrapping up, uh, one of our other team members for that evening had something pretty interesting to say regarding um, Dogs of the Underworld, which is why it was so funny that I was hearing barking. So let's give a listen to that real quick. It's interesting that John heard a dog towards the end and was the only one who heard it because the tonight is the first night of the full moon or the excuse me the new, new moon, moon. Um, and these are the nights of Hecate the goddess that guards the underworld her familiar is a dog so dogs barking especially during the new moon are a sign that Hecate is listening and present Duly noted. I'm going to leave a dog treat on the ground. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Leave an offering, please. Of course. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a really wild trip. I mean, that was, I mean, for us first dipping our toes into the waters, uh, that was an unbelievably successful first run. And, uh, you, know, you and I, you and I have discussed this. We're definitely going to go back eventually. I was hoping we were going to be able to make that happen before I head down south, but I guess I'm just going to have to come back up and make. Oh more my goodness! Oh, how gosh. dare you? No, you're you're not welcome here anymore. <laughs> uh, fine, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> screw you guys. But yeah, no. I again, I can't thank you enough for being a part of it and also uh, joining on so many other fucking wacky adventures that we've had over the last couple of years. Always. But yeah, what are your what are your final thoughts on this whole Edwards Road thing? I mean, I literally just listening to that again, I've gotten goosebumps at least three times. Yeah. Um, but I will point out, like, still to this day, that's the highest that I've seen that meter go. Because when we were packing up and leaving, you could hear it still beeping, but I wasn't reporting the numbers. It was at least up to seven. Yeah. And actually, what's what's really important to note about that is when we said we were out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, the closest electrical current that could have affected that emf was a street light about a quarter of a mile down the road correct so there was nothing there that should have been fluctuating uh anything like uh it, i mean even if you you know 
zoomed it across the other electronics that we had there, none of none of them were going to be putting up that much of a signal to make it go off uh, um, that high. No, and not that consistently and what seems randomly until you pair it with the audio. Yeah, I mean, when you start getting those uh, immediate responses... Like, As it's going off, yeah. Me. Yeah. That me gives me the creeping willies, man, I'm telling you. Me. Beep, beep, beep. It's me. Yeah. And that was one of those that I, I could feel it getting into my head, because you can even hear the tone of my voice completely change on mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely checked out for that one. God, I'm getting chills now, too. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, that was our revisit to Edwards Road. Um, we will definitely be hitting that one back up again. Hopefully, we can get in touch with uh, the historians of Rural Rural Hall in the future and maybe dig up some more information on it. Because I would like to find out what else was really going on on out there on Edwards Road during this time period. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because it was. I mean, when it was first built, it was meant to kind of be like the next hot stretch of road. Like yeah. they they had. It was booming. Yeah, they had churches, they had houses, they had uh, they had their own post office there, a couple of markets, and then uh, automobile came along and ruined it all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that, that was uh, that was Edwards 2.0. Go on out now. Fine, I will. Jesus. <laughs> all right, Sonny, thank you again for joining us. Love you to pieces, and we will see you soon. Always a pleasure. I'd like to thank Sonny for joining me to dig into the event that started me on this whole strange path that I walk. Be sure to join us again in two weeks when Jill Weaver returns to discuss all of that cat energy that was happening at the old Hamilton Jail in Jasper, Florida. Well, actually, I should give you a warning. In theory, a new episode will be out in two weeks. However, I do have a very, very special trip planned coming up here in mid-July, which might delay me by about a week. Now, I'm going to try to get everything done and posted beforehand, But please be patient. If there's a bit of a week delay, I promise you it's for a good reason. And when I share with you what we have planned, oh boy, are you going to be excited. Now in the meantime, if you're craving more XV Planets, consider donating to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash xvplanets, where you'll gain access to our exclusive content. There's a whole other separate series there, as well as extended interviews, exclusive episodes with special guests, and much more. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere as XVPlanus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes as well. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and especially review us, and tell your friends about us, tell your families about us, hell, yell at random people at the bus stop about us. We are a DIY independent production, and the only way that we will grow is by you sharing us with others who might enjoy taking this trip. Be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Ad Hoc History, Administrism, Lux Occult, Unearthing Paranormalcy, Primordia, and so many more. While the website isn't quite up to date yet, you can go to www.greenmushroomproject.com and add that to your bookmarks to keep up with the network in the future. The show is produced in the Black Lodge wherever that resides in this particular moment of time and space. It is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. 
Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. High praise and thanks to Sonny and Ren for our updated logo, and many thanks to Meg, who manages most of our social media. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In Abambratio, in Fluctus, Subvelo. <laughs>